things I'm, we're missing is a liquid death. <laughs> we're missing a liquid death, and we're missing like a uh, um, some kind of fake plant. There's a fake plant, fake right, plant here. right there. Oh shit, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have the fake plant, dude. It was so still, I didn't even realize. So uh, Al, yeah, what's up, man? You guys been thinking about buying your ho- buying a house? Who, me and me and the wife? Yeah. I mean, dude, San Diego's pretty expensive. It's a lot to navigate, dude. Uh, I don't know why. Well, why do you like, ask? That's why you need a real estate agent, you know. A real estate agent? Why the heck do we need a real estate agent? I can yeah, just do it myself. No, they'll do all the work for you. They go hunt for the house. They help you learn the process. Dude, I, I got hands. I could freaking type Zillow.com, Redfin.com. What are no, you talking no, about? No, man. Zillow and Google are like the worst ways to find an agent. Google, you're telling me Google's the worst way to find an agent. Google yeah. literally knows everything, dude. But look, San Diego has 17,000 agents. 17,000? 17,000. And 90% of them don't do anything with their license. Which leaves like seventeen hundred, and out of no those seventeen hundred, probably thousand of those guys are, are really really bad. A thousand of them? Yeah. So you gotta think like if you're trying to find an agent, how many of those people are really gonna be good? And if you're on Google or Redfin, they're just sending you to people who pay to be on the front page. Dude, wait, time out. You're telling me that they literally pay people just get on the front page so when you say look at your top redfin premier agent today those people are paid that's what you're telling me they're either work for redfin or they're paying to be part of the membership oh my gosh yeah. dude okay so, so what do i do what so, do I, oh, oh. yeah so look there's a, a new service out there it's called agentlinker.com okay they're concierge style matchmaking company for exactly you for clients to agents so got it they'll interview you and then they'll do their guru, guru matchmaking stuff, and they pair you with an agent that's best for you. Yeah. They don't sell your information to random lists or anything like that. Like, they will handpick an agent that they think is going to do the best job for you. Yeah. And then the best part is they don't get paid unless a transaction happens. So nobody gets paid no unless risk. a transaction happens. You're right. saying no risk. Well, it's, no, it's a free service for you as a client, right? Wow. Free. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Linker takes a, a commission, uh, a referral from the agents, right? Okay. Uh, as a thank you for bringing a client to them. Yeah. But agents can't pay to be on the Agent Linker platform. They don't pay for ad space, nothing like that. So uh, it's completely above board. N- you know, like I said, nobody gets paid unless what you want to happen in the end happens. So you want to buy a house? If you don't, if you don't buy a house with that agent that was supplied to you, uh, a match made to you, nobody gets paid. If you want to sell your house, you don't sell your house and have a good transaction. Nobody gets paid. Yeah, it's very simple. Dang, that's great. Go to agentlinker.com today. <laughs> What's the with the Teletubby baby, real quick? Oh yeah, so we're doing <laughs> another podcast with my uh, jiu-jitsu buddy and his jiu-jitsu nickname is sunshine it's not the most intimidating nickname in the world but yeah he's a co-host for that one and uh yeah it's just sunshine but yeah did you know that was a teletubby baby i did i did of course of course of course yeah i don't know some people saw zordon the other day and they're like who's that and i was like you don't know who zordon is Zordon's a legend dude i have no idea who Zordon is. wait no way stop it kevin i don't know you don't know we just established this man's age i have no clue dude (laughs) who the hell is zordon zordon Yo, Jimmy, pull up a... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can pull it up. We got to get a TV. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just kidding. Zordon, Zordon was uh, the guy that the Power Rangers would... Like, oh, shit. I just with. forgot his name. I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. the guy that was the like... Big head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the big yeah, yeah. head. Yeah. Thank you. Man, I wonder if I was like just aged out of Power Rangers and you guys caught it and I didn't. No, bro. Power Rangers. Did you watch Power Rangers? I didn't. You guys are two years apart. Yeah, yeah but I, didn't, I don't know. I, I watched Power Rangers like a little at the very beginning, mm. but that was it. Yeah. It was on right after school, like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I remember it being right after school we would watch Power Rangers. See, like, something like Saved by the Bell would resonate with me. Yeah. Like, it probably, yeah. you probably have seen it, but it doesn't resonate with you in the same way. Like, that was my childhood. Yeah, bro. Kelly was my number one crush. Oh my Everyone God. loved Kelly. Everybody loved Kelly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, over everybody else on TV. Even uh, Lisa from... Uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. and uh, the girl that uh, Steve Urkel had a crush on. Yeah, don't forget, Tyra Banks was on Fresh Prince of Tyra, Bel Air too. Fuck, Tyra Banks was so hot when he was she at was college. She was Smith's girlfriend for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she was pretty. Yeah, she was alright. Yeah. How about these posters? You like this, actually, bro? So every that's time pretty I look cool, at right? them, every, these look like they're on. I know that's why they're awesome. I love that, dude. Yeah, that's really really cool. And 
Also, like, shouts to Jordan and Kobe. Kobe's here? Nope. Kobe yeah. does not belong on this wall. Dude. Ever. Never. Yeah, I would love to have Kobe up there for sure. You're a Lakers fan as well? Yes. Not, not, I'm a Kobe not, fan as well. Not Dude, on you're my watch. You're outnumbered, Kevin. Wait, what do you mean? I do. You know what? Kobe really grew on me if after he retired. Men, hey, Kobe really grew on me after he retired. Like, in his post-basketball life, it was cool. But Bro. while he played basketball, he annoyed the crap out of me. More what than Curry? You can never say anything bad about Steph. Don't you dare besmirch yeah. the name of Steph. <laughs> no, no, I'm not besmirching. I'm actually asking personality-wise and, like, behavior-wise. I love if, Steph. Steph is, like, my favorite athlete. Whoa. That yeah. says so much. Sorry. That's a big statement, actually. Yeah, yeah it says a lot yeah. about you. I mean, if Tiger wasn't a sex, sex uh, what, do you, what do you call those things? He has yeah, well, how stuff. would we define define that what 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 is that he had issues tiger being a sexaholic he was a sex addict like he had problems you know and everyone's got their vices i'm saying but if it wasn't for that stuff i'd be like yeah tiger probably my favorite athlete but you know that kind of that kind of hurts the aura a little bit you know what i mean well steph they have like an open relationship or something going on right him and naisha i I don't i really highly doubt that no wait time out i think that's like fairly known now at this you, point you better google that because all right i'll pull it up. Dude, I don't know about that actually i don't know how you like steph curry like how he doesn't belong how kobe bryant doesn't belong in this wall i don't understand i concur 100 percent. i just don't like kobe what about what about his basketball and this prowess? is and this is my wall so i get to pick who goes on it okay yeah. so it sounds like it's like a uh like it's all out of principle it is but what about it's merit? because i hated the lakers Oh. That's it. That, yeah, that's it. <laughs> we just throw that out there. Okay. Right <clears throat> okay. We should have prefaced it with that problem. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a whole different Look. thing. <laughs> and then and then the <clears throat> anybody who has the MJ Kobe debate is an idiot. No, that's not yeah. That's not there's right. no debate. No. MJ and LeBron, there's a debate still, you know? Like LeBron's got a career that's still going and he's done a lot yeah. of things. But not Kobe. He's not, that's done. That that argument is. A, I, don't I don't. Know. I think Jordan is the best player of all time. I th- I don't think LeBron even holds a flame to him. But LeBron's got the longevity. He does. Like, he's been in it forever. How old yeah. is he? Forty something now. No, he's thirty nine. About to be forty yeah. this year. I believe. If 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 oh, we Jordan can, we can if Jordan easy. kept playing and didn't retire to play baseball because of you know the David Stern gambling stuff, he would he would undoubtedly be like. One A, B, and C. Like nobody yeah. would even be close. But he only played like thirteen seasons or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good seasons. And and two were with the Wizards. Yeah, I <laughs> those, those, yeah. Were bad, those were bad years. We don't we don't talk about that we for don't sure. Talk about that. <laughs> but LeBron is actually thirty eight. Is he really? Yeah, December thirtieth is yeah. his birthday. Yeah. So he's gonna be thirty nine. Forty next year. LeBron. He looks like an old ass man. No. What are you trying to say, man? He. You're well, you're thirty nine. Yeah, Yosef looks younger than LeBron. Uh, yeah, I could buy that. You for look sure, younger sure. than LeBron. I'm Asian, though. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron's black. Black don't crack. <laughs> That's a- true. Asian don't raise it. No, but LeBron's an outlier t- in terms of his age, right? Because even when he got to the league, he looked older than he actually was, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was yeah. one of his knocks, I guess, if you call it that. Yeah. But y- You know what we should do, though? Mm. We should talk about real estate. Okay, let's talk Tell about me about this cool thing that you did the other, like yesterday and today. Oh, that that the, thing is a crazy story. I mean, oh, you want to know about the bond? Yeah, because nobody really knows about bonds. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. no clue. I didn't know what that means, bond. like in real estate, and why that why on earth a bond would ever surface. Yeah. in real estate, yeah. right? Usually, those don't have you don't need those in the transaction. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's when you go to jail and you need to be bailed out. Somebody needs to put a bail bond out for you <laughs> yeah or you're a contractor um it, it's really when you're doing some high ticket stuff yeah and you need some protection around it and you don't have the credibility is it like extra insurance for people with bad credit that can be one of them but it's also like you can be a legitimate like a distributor and you can bond around one of your shipping lines or something like that uh, you can bond around when any one of these things if you're Let's say uh, the, your distributor and one of the suppliers wants coverage over the loss of something and your insurance won't cover it. Um, so you can bond around potential loss or something is like it, that. So it is essentially, I mean, like in a bail bond, it's insurance that you're not going to flee the country, right? It is. got to show a free yeah. court date. So is, is a bond, like when we're talking about a, uh, something estate. like real estate, is that basically insurance that you can't get covered by anybody else essentially yep 
Yep. So in in real estate, there's two kinds of uh, insurance when it comes to the house. There's insurance around the house, which is homeowner's insurance, sure. which everybody has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's insurance on the deed or the title of the house, title insurance, right? These companies like Chicago Title, uh, Lawyers Title, Tycor Title, First American Title, these are all insurance companies. Of course, they do title work and they transfer title and they record title. They take cash and pay off the people that need to get paid. And then they send that cash out to escrow who then pays who needs to get paid. Um, but they also, how they profit primarily is through selling insurance uh, policies on the title of a home. So why you need to insure the title of a home is because there's different like layers of bankruptcy and there's different layers of um, uh, ways assets get um, liens and judgments on them. You can have a judgment on you and your property can have a judgment on you if like you don't pay child support, for example, right? Okay. Or you get in a car accident, the judgment can the judgment can garnish your wages. Yeah. Or and or it could also go on title as a um, amount. So like, let's say you get in a car accident and they garnish your wages for, you know, 10 years or whatever, 5% or something like that. And they also put on a um, lien on the property or a judgment on the property for $500,000. Oh, I didn't know they could do that. Yep. They oh. can't if like, if it goes that far, yeah. you know, um, and if the family's open to something like the, like the, uh, Plaintiffs are open to something like that. So, anyways, in this case, my, my clients, this is a very common thing that can happen. It just doesn't happen so much because the people that have probably been through this have either been foreclosed on, modified, or refinanced out of this situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but my clients didn't do any of those things. So, in 2005, my clients bought this house. In 2006, they took out a HELOC, uh, home equity line of credit, to pay off which is a second position mortgage. Yeah. And they uh, took that out to pay off their trucks and some other things around the house. Like they bought a pool, all the American things that Americans do. Sure. Um, and on a second position mortgage, mm -hmm. that just means the, the person holding the first gets paid before the second, right? In a foreclosure, in, in, in foreclosure or any, in, in the event that something happens. Right. Yeah, just so The first understand. position yeah. gets paid first, which is uh, what a mortgage is in. It's in that first position. And then um, the, what if these cameras aren't recording? I'm talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny, bro. Um, okay. So uh, second position, uh, which was the home equity line of credit uh, was 113,000. First one was 452,000. So um, in 2006, they took that HELOC out. In 2000, and then like the mortgage crisis starts in 2007. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In 2008, it really hits the fan, and they basically have to uh, modify the loan because she loses her wife, loses her job, and they can't afford to make the two big payments that they had. One of them was one of those balloon payment, you know, adjustable rate mortgages. Um, so they start going through a loan modification. Um, and bankruptcy. Okay. So they're going through Chapter 7 bankruptcy, which protects the person, but not the assets. So mm. they thought all, all along, because they just weren't literate with with bankruptcy, there's Chapter 7, there's Chapter 11, there's Chapter 13. There's like a bunch of different chapters yeah. of bankruptcy. Most common are 11, 13, and 7. Uh, chapter 13 is person in per, uh, personal assets and real assets. They did Chapter 7, which is just personal assets. That's okay. what protects the person. Right. So all along since then, they thought that they were like forgiven for that HELOC, but they weren't. It was a second trust deed on a real property. That stuff doesn't go away. So had they not been making payments towards it? So they were making payments towards it, which is a whole other thing that also is confusing. <laughs> Who's getting their money? <laughs> <laughs> so in... Because I have a mortgage... I had a mortgage statement. I give it back to them. But I had a mortgage statement for like 20... 12 or something where they were paying the second position loan. So what happened was they modified the loan in 2010. They got a loan modification um, so that they could keep the house and they continue making payments and they have been for that long. Um, and they've been making payments for the primary and up until several years ago, I don't know how many years ago, they were paying the secondary as well in a second payment. Um, but then what happened was the servicer changed. Like anytime you guys get something in the mail when you have a mortgage, um, like people buy the servicing rights for mortgages or people buy the debt. And when they buy the debt as part of the, tr as part of the contract for buying the debt, they'll also buy the servicing rights or they'll have like the right to ask the servicer to release it so that they can 
have their preferred servicer charged for the mortgage fees. So um, in the debt being sold multiple times, the last time it was sold, um, the servicer was also reassigned to a company called PHH. I think the company was eventually bought out by the previous servicer, but there's a lot of confusion there. In the shuffle of all of this happening, all of these banks getting... Oh, by the way, there's one last thing that makes it super confusing. On the title, there's a bank that's owed money that doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Hmm. Normally, when you do a loan modification, when you do a refinance, any of these things, it gets reconveyed to the title so that everyone's in communication and they're like, okay, this is the new bank that's owed the money. Title company record this or county recorder record this on title so that we know who to contact. Since 2006, nobody, they haven't reconveyed on title. So all these banks have been like, all this, this loan has changed hands. This bank has been sold into another sale and then that was sold into another one. And now that bank is defunct. The building that, that the building that this bank was in is no longer the same building. It's a completely different building. Interesting. Since 2006. Yeah. So many crazy things have happened here. Really hard to find out. And I know all this information all based on my own personal research. Yeah. Like It's been really hard pulling at so many different strings and all leading to dead ends. Um, and so where are we at now? So at this point, nobody, yeah. nobody knows who the money belongs to. Nobody. Oh yeah. Or the so loan belongs to at least. We go to sell the house. This is the. This is how we find out about everything. We go to sell the house. Once we get into escrow, the escrow company starts requ requesting payoff demands. Payoff demands from the bank and saying, "Hey, we want to pay off yeah, the balance." So the payoff demand is just where you ask them what your remaining balance is, mm -hmm. so you can pay that off mm -hmm. and make you know you're free and clear of that that property or, exactly. or of the mortgage, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so this is normal procedure. Right. And they start reaching out to the bank and saying, hey, can we get the payoff demand for loan one and two? And they're like, what do you mean loan two? And she's like, uh, well, there's two loans on title and you guys are the servicer for both of them. And they're like, sorry, we don't have record of a secondary loan. Wow. And she's like, okay. So she calls the sellers and she's like, hey, figure this out. And the seller's like, we haven't been charged for that mortgage in like eight to 10 years. We haven't been able to pay. So they like, call like no no statements were coming to them. Nobody was demanding that they pay anything. They just thought it was done or gone somehow. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them, dude. Like normally, I'm when not you're, searching to pay people money either, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it's and if, if you're like like a middle class um, middle class family and you don't like and you're never taught any of the stuff, and these guys are like they don't really have a lot of like financial mentors, and I just they just grew up in a different time. Um, I wouldn't continue like trying to figure out who the yeah. money's owed to. Sure. Um, so I don't blame them. And so um, at some point, eight to ten years ago, the servicer changed to from this company called Aquin to PHH, and they've been paying PHH for like uh, eight to ten years. When that happened, they stopped getting a bill for it. So they stopped paying it because they no longer received a bill to pay it. Sure. Um, and nobody reached out to them. When they called PHH now, they said, hey, we used to uh, pay Aquin for our second position loan. Aquin is no longer servicing us, and they don't have uh, – Aquin's no longer in business, basically. PHH owns Aquin. So uh, PHH says, we don't have any record of this loan. We can't give you a payoff demand. Is there a scenario in which this just never needs to get paid? There's a possibility. So if nobody comes knocking, you just – or like, eh, it's gone. Yeah. That could happen. Um, this money was borrowed. This money was out there. Sure. There is a deed of trust. There's The scenario that I'm imagining, what ha could have happened, which I hope happened, so this family doesn't have to pay off all this money, is that one of these banks filed for a, a ba bankruptcy, and that mortgage did not get sold as part of that bankruptcy, and it just disappeared. disappeared. That's what could have That'd happened. Be sweet, right? It's like hundred um, k just gone. Yeah, dude. And yeah. but you never know. So here's what happens: we have to have clear title to be able to transfer um, this property to the new buyer. Sure. And in order to do that, the title company needs to be able to insure the title from any judgments, any liens, anybody else that can come out of the woodwork and say, "Hey, I have rights to this property." Mm. Um, but the title company is not willing to insure this second deed of trust. 
Yeah, because it's, they could still come calling for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have every right to. Mm-hmm. Sure. But there's nobody that we can go to for this. Um, it's it's just... Anyways, so the title company is like, okay, we'll insure everything but this. So you have to get a bond. Mm. And so this is where the bond comes in. So I've never done this before, but I've heard about it. Um, so I, I generally understood it. Um, I generally understood what a bond was. I call a bond servicing company, which there's not too many that do this specific type of bond, but there's hundreds of thousands of bond companies. Yeah, you said you called 42? 40, yeah, 43. 43? 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was just, I just called every surety bond sure. company. Yeah, like, yeah. I could find, bro. And I was like, hey, do you do lost instrument bonds? Hey, do you do lost trust bonds? Like, lost note bonds? And they're just like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You yeah. got to give us all this information. Yeah. But the ones that I found that were actually willing to write on it, um, they, um, one of them wanted $7,000. And $113,000 held until they went to court and had a court order to issue something called quiet title, which is basically you're free and clear of this, or find the bank and and reconvey the second yeah. trust. So their fee was going to be $7,000 basically to figure it out, but they wanted to keep the 113000 just in case because they're on the hook for it now mm-hmm. and they're not going to do it unless you got the money there waiting for them in case that loan gets called. Yeah. Yeah. The second company said they could do it up until they wasted a week and a half of our time. They said they can do it up until, um, up until the underwriter got involved and said, Hey, uh, reach out to this new company that we found that this bank that we found and try to get their, get a demand from them. And that bank is like, we don't have any record of this loan. We don't have any record of these people being clients of ours. And the insurance company is like, well, since since uh, it's like that, we're just not going to issue. We're not going to issue the bond. I said, okay, what if we put up collateral? They said no. And so the second company basically just gave us a runaround and wasted our time there. And the, my, the third company finally called on Monday and said, we will issue the bond for $4,500. We don't need collateral. And we can get this done within 24 hours. Whoa. It was a fucking miracle. That's dude. A, that is like, it was wow, a miracle. Wow. Dude. Yeah. Um, so my clients had no idea what a bond was. So I had to explain to them. First, I had to understand what a bond was fully. And then I had to get the guy to explain it to them. And once he explained it to them, they were like, David, please put this in. Explain it like I'm five years old, please. Yeah. And so I said, listen, this is just somebody else that's willing to put up their, their credit for you. So that if somebody comes calling... Um, you can basically, they'll pay the $226,000, up to $226,000 to the uh, grantor um, and then to the bank. And then um, they'll come after you for to negotiate like payment for what they just paid out. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. So you, you're, you're giving them the ability to get out of this house. Mm-hmm. They're still essentially on the hook for money mm-hmm. because the the bonds people will come and say, hey, look, we're paying this debt for you, and now we've got to figure out how you're going to pay us back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. But, like, they they need to sell this house. Right. Otherwise, they'll lose this house. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, y'all got a VTech house phone in here? <laughs> yeah, man. <clears throat> we got to take that thing out of the office. Are you going to answer? We'll do a podcast. We can just take it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Chris got it, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, y'all you, you got a VTech. I don't, I don't, don't ask me how I got there. We used to have like legit, legit real phones, you know? But you know what happened? I think those other ones, they um, they charge you like per line to have Oh, the phones. VOIP like, ones? Yeah, we have like one line. Who, yeah. who needs all that? No, so. I understand. So now we're... Um, I don't blame you, bro. Yeah, once I redo the office, I don't think we have phone at all. We'll just have cell phones and that's it and call it a day because, you know, who needs a regular phone anymore? I don't know. I'll just pay for a second cell phone. Seriously, dude, your business lines are at ten bucks a piece from uh, with with an AT and T internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business lines are ten bucks a piece with uh, AT and T. That's probably what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so now now you got this thing done. Yeah. And it like, happened today. just just now. You got it all cleared up. I just we just dropped off the bond at the escrow company. And they and they're gonna close escrow when? Uh, t- actually, we may be closed. That's that's what the phone call was. East Darby is closed. Just waiting on Chauncey says okay so we close tomorrow nice congratulations man thank you bro. so this is this is something where like 
you need a good agent, right? Because <laughs> I mean, if you if if you were like one of those budget one percent agents, yeah. are you really going to go out of your way to do this, or even have the, the brains and the wherewithal to go go and do all this for your clients? Like, probably not, right? No. There's a reason that yeah. discount agents are discount agents. I think the biggest thing you have to look at is like you're dealing with the biggest transaction in your life. Yeah. Who do you want on your team? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Steph, Steph Curry, not Kobe. I want a team player. But whoever you call, <laughs> you want somebody. You want somebody in the big leagues. You don't want somebody in the D leagues for or the sure. G leagues or yeah, like for that, sure. You know. What What would you say to those people who are like? And I have friends like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where they go? I don't need an agent. Or I just I do all the work anyway. I'm just going to pay this guy like one percent to do the transaction. Like what do you, what do you say to some somebody like that? The, most of those most of those people, it's an education problem. Um, th- they don't they haven't taken the time to truly understand what goes into a transaction. They tr- they haven't taken the time to truly understand what goes into um, identifying a home or identifying um, the trouble or whatever challenge they're facing. For example, you want to go buy a house, but your hourly rate is $3,000 an hour, okay? You, you, do you want to speeden up the home buying process or slow it down? Speed it up. Okay, why? So because that you my time is valuable. Exactly, yeah. right? Most of my clients, they range between $100 an hour up to $5,000 an hour. When I have this conversation with them, it's it's a no-brainer for them. They want to speed it up. We have surgically curated a buying process, a selling process, a investment process for each one of our client avatars to help them save this time. So when you go with Redfin, Redfin just puts you into a call center and, and puts you through a pre-systemized email campaign and all these different things. But they're not people that have taken the time to think about put themselves in your shoes and solve the challenges that you're about to face so that we can save you as much time as possible and get you from point A to point B as fast and efficiently and as um, uh, most protected as possible. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the reasons, too, that we even created Agent Linker in the first place mm-hmm. is because of Redfin and Google. Like, anybody can go out there and pay for five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know who you're getting into bed with, you know, until until you get into bed with them. And the problem with real estate is it's a huge transaction, right? And when you go and do that transaction with someone who you don't know, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, it just you're going off their headshot like, hey, that's a good looking person who looks like they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they have some good reviews online. Let me go do that. It, it never, not it never, it almost always does not turn out great. It might turn out okay. But it's very rare that you have somebody go, hey, that was the best transaction I ever had. I can't believe it. That was amazing. And it's because there are so many mediocre to bad agents out there. And to be able to find one that is just outstanding for you in particular, like not just outstanding, but outstanding for you, right? They're, They're investment specialized or they're specialist in military or VA, VA loans or their lux- super luxury only, right? Like those kind of agents are hard to come by. And so it's great to have people like you out there because I know that when I meet the right client, I can send them to you, mm-hmm. right? I go, hey, you got somebody with a special need? It's a little out of the box, right? Or someone just even looking in a certain area code that you're just completely dialed in mm-hmm. or someone who likes the same type of restaurants as you even, you know, and you just know the area so well that you can you can give them real insight. Like, that's the whole reason we do it because otherwise you're just throwing darts and hoping that you right. hit somebody that's decent, right? Yeah. And it's an unfortunate stat. Have you ever seen a stat where it was like 80% of people don't use the same agent again after they've used them once? I know why, but I did not know that stat. Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know if that's the exact number. I'm just throwing it out there. I read, I read it somewhere, right? But it's like 80%. And then if you think about like 90% of the agents in San Diego out of like 17,000 agents don't even practice, mm-hmm. right? So when you see the top 1%, 90% of 
That's not that many. I mean, it's not that many people. Se- seventeen thousand. That means there's seventeen hundred agents who actually do work, and of those seventeen hundred ish agents, there's only, you know, a few handfuls that are excellent, mm-hmm. and there are probably another you know few hundred that are good, but the others are just trash. Yep. And yep. you know they might do a couple transactions a year, but they're just not very good at their job, or they don't care, or they're those agents, which is the worst case when you go and get close to buying a house, and then you get that ick feeling where they're you like are you looking for a check now like mm-hmm. you see the finish line breath yeah exactly commission breath yeah. you know you see the finish line and you're like all right let's let's finish them off right mm-hmm. instead of hey what is best for you i only care about you right. and making sure you're taking care of if this isn't the house i know we're at the end but like if you're not 100 percent committed let's go look at another one mm-hmm. right let's go find you the right one or if you're on the sell sell side it's like hey I know this deal is like in our pocket. It's a done deal, but there's another one that's going to be coming that's better than this. Mm-hmm. And I really think you should consider that instead of taking the, the for sure money. Like those are the kind of agents you need. People who really, really, truly have your back, like your friends would have your back. Absolutely, dude. So I would go further than just your friends, man, because yeah. the other side of it is you're also hiring somebody that like you have to interview these people. Yeah. You have to treat it like they're, they're actually coming onto a job. Because if you if you don't do that, then who is this person really? What are they really about? And it's it's funny because friends like it takes a lifetime of experiences sure. to like build to that relationship, them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But with a real estate agent, it's like you can either throw you know a dart on the wall, or you can actually sit down and interview them intentionally yeah. and have a two way interview where you kind of understand where they're coming from and how they think and how what they're what their decision-making process is like, because I'm constantly making decisions for my clients without them in the room. Yeah, so like this goes back to your topic of, you know, having of having clients who are high earners mm-hmm. and high achievers mm-hmm. in their field. They don't have time to do that. And so that's what we do. We go and interview all the agents. Mm-hmm. We get to know you as friends even, you know, down to the core, as much as we can know about you, very granular, um, not just personality-wise, but in your expertise in the real estate fields, right? Like, what have you done? If I had a client who goes, ah, you know, I have a second mortgage that was lost. Now I'm like, hey, you know, David, he's, mm-hmm. he just did that. <laughs> you know, we could hook him. And you don't, have to go and, you don't have to go and interview 20 different agents to find yeah. out whether they've ever dealt with that sort of thing before, right? Yeah. Because we know. We're the experts in that field. Is like we know all the best agents and we know everything about them. So the when you go to sell your house, the five or six agents that you probably would throw a dart at to try and pick one and if you had to spend an hour to interview each of those people that's five hours of your life and then you have to go and hope that you made the right decision and that they weren't just putting on a you know a pretty face Mm -hmm. that's a lot of time and effort and heartache and stuff that we can save by doing the interview with you as a client first Mm -hmm. getting to know what you want what your preferences are what your lifestyle is like what you're looking for and then matching you with an agent who already has those requisite skills to do your transaction, but mm-hmm. also on a personal level can really help you out, mm-hmm. right? And having the confidence as a client to know that we only have like the best agents on and that we don't we don't keep agents on who don't ma- continue to maintain their status as being mm-hmm. one of the best, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's really important though that you know people understand that it takes a lot of time to find a good agent. If you really want to find a good Dude. agent, like... You've you've got to you do have to treat like interviews, five, six, seven of them, multiple rounds. Make sure that they really are who they mm-hmm. say they are. Go get references from other people and find out more granular people information don't have about time them. For that. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know how people find their agent right now? Yeah, they go to Google and go, or they go on Redfin and click the button. They talk to a friend about it, and uh, they, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, a personal referral is important, but still, they should go through the interview process. Sure. They go on Google or they go on one of these websites, Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, Homes.com. Yeah. And they click request a tour. Right. Request a tour actually means. Yeah. Here's my be- agent. <laughs> become a lead. It means become a lead. We're selling you for $2,000. Yeah. To your, we're selling your contact information as an opportunity for $2,000 to some agent who's the highest bidder. Right. And, and that's bull crap. Dude. That's the worst part. The highest bidders are throwing money at the problem. They're not throwing experience at the problem. They're not throwing what we throw at the problem, which is ourselves. Well, and then they go and and do that thing where they go, and and guess what? By the way, we'll do it for 1.5%, right? Probably. That's how they get business. They just keep throwing money at them. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, not not only are we going to pay for your lead, 
then after we get you, we're going to discount that just to ensure that we get the business because mm-hmm. we're not confident in our skills and the, the value that we add the as integrity. an integrity. Right? And that's what – it's it's not there. You know, everything is – like we use a, a website called myagentfinder.com. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just throw it out there even though it's our competitor. They're so bad. All they do is they, they take your generic information that you provide. They ask about 10 qualifying questions. We ask like three because we're going to actually call you and talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And then they go and just dump you off to whoever's paying their membership and paying their uh, and paying their lead generation fees. I mean, I put in a request for San Diego. I got somebody from San Jose, and I'm like, wait a second. I put in a zip code. I didn't even write San Diego. I put, you know, I literally put in a San Diego zip code, and they sent me. I was getting calls from Oakland. I was getting calls from San Jose, <laughs> and I'm like. Guys, we're talking about the wrong city. Why yeah. are you calling me? They're like, oh, well, we just get these emails or text messages from, you know, that website. And that's how we get you. And, like, I had to literally tell them, hey, look, uh, I was just prospecting. Like, you can just take me off your list. I'm definitely yeah. not buying a house from you. So yeah. don't call me again. Yeah. Right? But how little care? Because they just want to, like, throw, uh, you know, cast the widest net possible. And just, you know, and then just make money that way. And we're trying to just do what's right for the home home buyer and seller. That's it. So what's the process like right now? Somebody goes online to agentlinker.com. Yeah. And what do they do? It's it's super easy. They, they There's a, a form that says, I want to buy or I want to sell. Mm-hmm. Right? It has like three or four questions that are very easy to answer. Right? And then you hit submit with your contact information. You put in your phone number, email, whatever you want sends that to us and we review and we just call you back and then we schedule a time to have an appointment with you where we can do a real interview Mm -hmm. that asks real questions and it's matchmaking it is like you're gonna go meet your arranged marriage husband or wife like we dude middle eastern parents hate this (laughs) but except for there's no except for there's no pressure to actually make that match right so like if we send you to somebody so we, we'll ask you all the questions, we'll interview you, and then we go through our selection process where we go through our list of agents and go, who would match the best with this person? Yeah. And then we connect you via text message or email, whatever you prefer. And we'll stay on the conversation as long as you want. And whether or not you choose that person, it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I want you to make the best decision possible for you. I'm just there to expedite that and to help you make the right decision so you don't get fooled by Google or Zillow or right. Redfin, right? right? And that's really nice also knowing that we don't charge the agents to be on our platform. They don't pay us when we send them to you. The only time we get paid is if a transaction actually happens. Mm -hmm. So if everybody along the line has done their job, right? The client has done their job by contacting us, the right people. We have done our job by connecting you to the right agent. And that right, right agent has done their job by finding you the house at the price mm-hmm. you want or selling your house at the price you want, right? Then everybody's happy and everybody gets paid yeah. and we're all good, right? Yeah. But if you decide anywhere along the way that, hey, this just didn't work out for me, you don't even have to come back to us. I'm not gonna, I'll follow up and say, how was your transaction? You say, mm-hmm. well, I didn't get the great vibes. I'll say, well, if you want, I can do it again for you. I have a couple other ones that might fit, fit your profile. Right. But if you don't, like, not a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. you can go on your own journey and just call us for help if you want. It's not a big, you know, to us, we're legitimately out there just to help the client. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm not trying to turn into a billion-dollar company. It doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to find ways to automate it and turn it into this tech company that, you know, million X's for somebody. We're not taking investment. We don't do any of that stuff. It's, it's very much the opposite. It's person-to-person real interaction, real conversations, real questions, you know? And I think that's important in something like, how are you going to make the most important financial decision of your life? It's a very personal decision, too, when Mm -hmm. you buy or sell your house, right? Very personal. If you never talk to a person about it, you just trust that to a robot, yeah, right? Like, how much can they really garner from you other than what you put in? Mm-hmm. If you don't put in that information, the qualifiers are, when are you looking to buy a home? Zero to three months, three to six months, six to nine months, right? Yep. What is the price range, right? Single family, condo, apartment. What is your credit score? Yep. What is that? I mean, like, 
anybody could do that. You could do that yourself, mm-hmm. right? You could absolutely just go on Redfin or Zillow and just click the buttons and then find the house of your dreams that's on the MLS, right? Yep. Now, you could if you're if you're savvy and you're like I can negotiate it, I can get through all the transaction myself, whatever, that's great for you. That's fine. Like and if that's the way you can want to do it and you think you're a great negotiator, go ahead. But if you want a real expert to walk you through the process, that's when you need a real agent and someone who is an expert in their field. I got a good story for you. Yeah. So I had this client who's a commercial real estate uh, acquisitions manager or something like that. He helps he helps this big investment firm basically buy buildings, underwrite them and things like that. And he was like, I don't need a realtor. His wife is a my old coworker. He's a commercial agent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, his wife was my old coworker, and she's like, we're going to use you when um, we know when we go to buy. Um, and um, he called me. They, she called me for a lender. So I connected them with three lenders. And then I was like, hey, who's your agent? And he's like, oh, I'm going to do it myself. My dad's going to do the transaction. He's a, he's a lawyer, and he has his license. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is getting worse. This is getting worse than I thought. So um, I was like, listen, um, let us let me at least just sit down with you and talk you talk through um, a buyer's consultation. And he's like, oh, we don't need a consultation. I said, listen, it's I'm not trying to sell you to use me. I'm trying to take you through the process so that you have all the answers you need to go and buy a house. And he didn't quite understand it. I said, here's the questionnaire. Now let's have a conversation. It's a, it's a guided conversation. That's what a buyer consultation is. It's a guided conversation to help you and your partner or you and whoever's buying the house decide all of the things you need to know before going out and searching for a house. Um, what that entails is anything from like, what are you looking for in a home to what's your commute to work like? What is it? What does your family makeup look like? How often do you have people over? In the t- Are you having kids soon? Um, if they're comfortable answering those things. Sure. And if you're having kids soon... What's childcare going to look like? Are you going to have the kid cared for at home? Or are you going to have the kid cared for? Uh, are your parents, in-laws coming? Um, or are you going to have them out in daycare? Where is the kid going to spend its time? Are you homeschooling them? It's literally, yeah. really goes in depth. And that's what good buyer consultations do is talk about how you're going to use the home and live in the home and if the home really makes sense for you. Yeah. These are the things you need to think about when you're on tour. Not just, oh shit, do I like the countertops? And oh, this is LVP versus engineered hardwood. Right, right. Um, or do I fit on the toilet? You know, things yeah. like that. So, well, that's important. That is extremely important. Most <laughs> number one important thing for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. Um, but my point is, it, it goes way deeper than that. Yeah, so, what spending... ha- so what happened with this guy? So I was like, show me. I was like, you want to see my... I said, do you know why you need a good agent? He said, why? And I was like, show me the house that you guys want to submit an offer on. $1.5 million. $1.55 million. And um, he shows me the house, and it's a flip. And they had moved. They had uh, added a wall, I think. Yeah, they had added a wall. And my clients didn't understand why they added the wall. They added the wall to add a office downstairs. And my client loved the office downstairs. I was like, where's the dining table? And he was like, what do you mean? There's a dining table. And so we looked, there was no dining table. The house was staged. There was no dining table. And I was like, so you, do you plan on using the office downstairs as your formal dining? He's like, no, we could fit like a, he's, oh, there was a small round breakfast table. And I said, okay, great. Um, like, where are you guys going to have meals? You know, where, where his, his parents come over all the time. Yeah, how will you entertain? Come over all the time. Yeah. Their friends come over all the sure. time. His biggest thing was uh, sports, watching sports games. With your friends, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, "So where would you where would you guys eat?" He's like, "Dude, I didn't even think about it. They they cook at home all the time. They're foodies. Every, everything has so much to do about the dinner table. There's not even a peninsula or an island at this house yeah. for them to do these things. There's no functionality around the core thing they wanted a house for. Yeah, but they had some pretty stuff that they like. Exactly. Yeah. But they weren't able to see through my lens, which is an experienced lens, understanding the functionality of the house." And he was like, dude, we're about to submit an offer, $1.5 million on this house. Sure. It didn't even have a dining room table. I probably wouldn't, would have either figured it out way too late or we would have been heartbroken because we, we so much love this house and then had to like separate from it because of that one thing. 
And all we're doing is we're sitting at True Foods and having this conversation about some house. We end up finding the perfect house for them three minutes down the road from his parents' house. And they are the happiest they've ever been. And and actually at zero cost to them because the seller pays the commission anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Zero cost. We looked at, I think, four houses, five houses. Sure. Um, and, And what's funny is... All it took was them just believing in the process for a moment and allowing me to show what I do, which is literally just look for problems in where there shouldn't be any problems. And there were. There were so many risks. So that's one example of why it's important to, like, you know, actually think about who you hire because some people don't think the way we think. You know, some agents just get licensed. And they used to be bottle service girls or some people get a license and they used to be like, I don't know, they used to do things, not, not no shade on bottle service girls, but my point is like there's a certain level of engagement you have to have in this industry to like there's a science behind this. And if you don't buy into that, you don't become like me. You become somebody that's just kind of getting by until the market takes a hit. Yeah, dude, I think a couple things, you know, one is experience matters Mm -hmm. right you can't have a real estate agent no matter how good their intentions are Mm -hmm. that has only been doing it for like a year or two Uh, if if that's if that's what you want like because they haven't seen enough things and i know everybody needs to get that experience so you're not always going to be getting the super experienced agent because you can only get experienced agents from inexperienced agents Mm -hmm. Uh, but like experience is important I think you need to do that. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to make transactions, and then secondly, you need to have like really true good intentions, right? You have to care for your client mm-hmm. over your own well being, which is really hard and it's very un-American to be terribly honest, right? Like it's almost like, hey, wait, I have to be selfless here. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to potentially give up money. Like, what if I'm think about this? How many agents would ever do this? You're you work in San Diego. Right, but someone say is buying a house in Oceanside. You're familiar with Oceanside, but what they want is not something that you're an expert in. Maybe they have some complicated loan, or they have something that you haven't done before. You know, are you the type of agent that would say, you know what? Tell you what, as much as I want this commission, I know an agent in Oceanside who fits every category of what you need. Right. Now, you have, you've had enough transactions where you could probably do anybody's, but mm-hmm. there's some people who haven't. Yeah. It's like, let me either do this together with them and, and bring them on the team, or let me give you to them. Mm-hmm. You'll still get your referral fee. You know, agents can take a referral fee, but are you, you know, how comfortable are you just saying, I'm not the best person for that job? Let me pass you on to someone who really, truly is much better than me at this particular transaction. And please come see me next time when we're working on something else later, right? Yeah. And trust me, trust me to make the right decisions for you. How many people are there like that? There, I guarantee you, in San Diego, there's maybe two handfuls, and you probably are being one of them, of of agents who would ever, ever, ever give up a commission to do what's right for the client. I don't think there's that many. No, of course not. And a lot of agents will say like, um, they're like. Uh, fake it till they make it. They'll fake that they know how to do something until they make it. And there's a certain level of you. Uh, there's a certain level that I even fake it till I make it. Sure. But that's just because I believe in myself, right? The other side of it is though, if you're doing something that um, requires actual expertise and yeah. technical know-how, um, you, you're being negligent if you're faking it in that moment. You are supposed to be hired on as a licensed expert for this person. Yeah, you have a fiduciary, fiduciary obligation mm-hmm. to do what's best for your client. And the last thing I want is, if it's, I will say this though, bro, I've sold a bunch of property on Oceanside. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, sell yeah, property yeah, I, I understand, I told you you could but, do it. But I'll give you an example. Somebody called me and said, hey, I wanna buy raw land for uh, building subdivision, large scale subdivision development. Yeah. That's not my thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't, I also don't wanna become an expert in it just to fake it with you. You know what I mean? So it's not something I want in my future. It's not something I want right now. And it's not something I'm very good at. So all of those three things made me decide, hey, I know somebody that specializes in this who's going to do a way better job. And I'm just, I don't even care about the referral. I'm building a stronger relationship with that person. I'm standing out further with that person. 
and that's all that really matters to me. I have plenty of, you know, income coming into my life. Like, I don't need the referral fee, but I want a stronger relationship with that subdivision, you know, the basic sure, entitlement yeah. guy. Right. So maybe, maybe he'd give that to you to sell after he, after he's done making it, right? That's my intention. Yeah. You know? What, what are your thoughts about out-of-town referrals? Like, if someone came mm-hmm. to you and like, I'm moving to Scottsdale. Yeah. Right? Do most agents take the time to vet agents in Scottsdale or are they going, well, here's someone who's in kind of our family of agents. <clears throat> so I'm going to send you to them and then collect my fee. It's, or, it's, it's that. Mo- mostly that, right? It's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not me. I actually interview and I look at numbers and I, I actually, so I have an agent in Phoenix. I have an agent in Vegas. I have an agent in Los Angeles and the Temecula 951 area. Yeah. Um, and Orange County. Right. Those are my partners. So I feel like someone like you, when you send them out, <coughs> send a client out to them. <coughs> this is why we need that liquid death, bro. That's true. I'm dying. <coughs> I'm dying. I need liquid death. <laughs> when you send a client out to one of those people, yeah. you feel like you're doing the right thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you've done the research and you're making sure like, hey, this person's going to be good for you over there and they're a good agent in that area. And that's what I, I can respect that because most people are not going to put the time in to go and actually know that person and have, have had more than one conversation with them ever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's important, right? Like, even for me, if, I'm gonna, if somebody came to me as someone who's supposed to match people together, mm-hmm. if they said, hey, I'm going to Wichita, I need an agent, I go, hey, I'm going to be very honest with you. We don't do Wichita right now, but if you give me a, if you give me a few days or a week, I'll go interview... 100 agents in Wichita and I'll spend my entire week doing that for you so I can hook you up with the right person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's okay with them. But if they're like, uh, you know, I don't know, then I'll say, okay, l- let me go ask around for you and I'll just give you some other recommendations mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or f- feel free to uh, go and search for those people and then I will help you in whatever way I can, right? But I would never just go, oh, yeah, I got somebody for you. Mm-hmm. And then just go on Google and do the same crap where I'm like, yeah. hey, this guy's got five stars. Let me go send you to him. Yep. Right? That doesn't make very much sense. It's your reputation online. That's 100%. I, like our, our platform right now, if an agent doesn't do their job one time and I find that they're at fault, mm-hmm. like sometimes you have crazy clients, right? But sometimes you're, you've taken on a job that you can't handle at yep. the time. And instead of being honest with me and saying, hey, I'm too busy, Kev, send them somebody else, yeah. right? Or um, you just you just straight up drop the ball and you do something with this client that's not acceptable, you're off the list. And I have no qualms about it because you don't pay me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. I'm sending you a valuable, valuable client, mm-hmm. someone who is going to do a transaction. And you should be able to put 100% of your effort in there. And if you're too busy, you got to let me know. Yeah. And if you don't feel like you're capable of doing the job for whatever reason, maybe... You know, there's there's one little thing about them that uh, they tell you that you're not going to be a great fit for. Instead of returning them back to me, you just do their transaction. It comes out in the end that that's going to be an issue. You know, that's going to be problematic for us because right. we're we're here solely for the client and the client's good. Yeah, I mean, well, dude, it's been fun. It's that was like an hour. That yeah, was. It was. I mean, I think we could. I think we should do it more often. It was was a good time. I think we should too, man. I'll tell you, every week I learn something new, so I'll come by and teach you things. Oh yes, thank you. Also, I've been. I I enjoyed being in the class this morning. That was fun. Ooh, hey! While we were sitting here, we closed on Chauncey. Hey, yo! That's what my phone was blowing up for. Victory! (laughs) (laughs) We should have. We should be able to pop bottles. Yeah, we should have. Oh, little... you should have air horns. Yeah, we can. <laughs> but everyone does that though. It's like in every podcast. I just like you know? Jalen and Jacoby did it for a long time. I like that. I haven't seen them. Do they still make podcasts? I haven't I heard know, them in a long time, question. dude. All the athletes are doing podcasts right now. You know. Shoot. Oh, hold on. Let me take a picture of David across the across the across the pod from me here. Look, a little microphone action. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say? Like build a little content or whatever while you're here. I mean, we got um, some good good audio for you to take with you later after alan cuts it up dude uh, first of all thank you for having me yeah. first and foremost i appreciate you guys of course allowing man. taking the time to sit down setting up this awesome technical you know now uh, this is rigging. this is very early on we'll make it better next but, time we have you on we'll uh liquid death first of all yes like you said. 
I'm telling you, liquid death. Big, bigger fake plant? Yeah, bigger fake plant so that I notice yeah, it when I walk in the room or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got plants you could have, dude. No, we're good. Um, uh, the only thing I would just say is, um, damn, I don't have anything to Man, say. are you about to cry right <laughs> now? No, You're so happy? <laughs> I was just thinking. I am, I'm actually like... I have a, like a cooling feeling over me right now. That's not good. Yeah, well, you just went you just closed yeah. on a house. That's what that it was is. a lot That's of work, why. man. That's awesome. That that house legitimately g- gave me the flu. Like yeah. I got sick yeah, from that sick. house, dude. Well, you also got sick from Mexico. I, I got food poisoning <laughs> in Mexico, dude. I got food poisoning. I mean, it's it's like part of the the rite of passage. You go yeah, to right, right. You got you can't go to Mexico. You got to actually you got to drink the water. Yeah, Those I did. tacos, man. Dude, don't, tacos don't drink there. the water in Mexico, man. I wanted that's to try rule it. number one. I wanted to try it, dude. That's the real liquid death, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's like rule number one in Mexico. Don't drink the water. Like, you have to, even if they have $9 I didn't fee- drink Fiji the water. water. I didn't drink the water. No, I didn't drink the water. But uh, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, some tuna got me sick or something. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, well, good, man. I mean, it was a good time. I, I would love to do this again. We are going to build a new studio. Mm-hmm. Um, we're remodeling the entire office, so that should be cool. I'm putting what, what golf simulator, that? conference room. Wow. Uh, you know, everything. Dude, so. I, I'm going to be sad if you, well, if you, you can, move. You can always gonna, come hang out up here. Yeah, I'm going to come okay. hang out with you, yeah. dude. You, you'll probably prefer it, too. You're going to move into some dank office with Andrew who's who just <laughs> wants to be closer to home. <laughs> hey, man, I will say wherever we end up, it's probably not going to be as fun as we of the time as we have had here. This has been a good time. Yeah. I wish you guys could stay. Yeah, me too. You know? I really do. And maybe we can. I mean, maybe we'll go out there and look at things that just don't end up working out. I think if we... Um, if you guys if you guys realize things don't work out and then we remodel this office yeah. um, and you guys want to stay, I think we could like because this is going to be my office forever. Mm-hmm. We could probably do something together. Like we could bust down the walls over yeah. there and just make a huge, really cool real estate office. Because every real estate office I know is like a little fifteen hundred yeah. thousand square foot piece of crap with a couple offices and mm-hmm. just you know some some stuff. Like if we did something really cool. Um, we can make it a place where people really want to come. Yeah, and um, and we can do a bunch of pods and create content. And dude, that's our plan. Is you know, we, we exactly we want we want to do those things. But I will have to talk to him and see what. I, I, there's one office that I saw today. Yeah. Um, that I was like, hmm, this might actually work, but it's 1,200 square feet. You know. Um, I mean, 1,200 if you use it efficiently is big enough for what you guys need. Yeah. I think even if you have, I mean, unless you're trying to host classes inside. That's what I want. That might be a little tough. If you guys were here, I'm gonna have a twenty-five thousand square foot rooftop night market thing that oh, you guys we'll be could, here. You, you guys could use gonna, no, that yeah. you guys could use for events all the time. Like yeah. we could make it private and everything. Absolutely, no. Dude, we'll do one of the breweries there or something like that, dude. A hundred percent. You still haven't been to a brewery. It's because I don't drink. And uh, you don't need to drink. Hey, it's called Brew R E. That's like half of it is drinking and networking with alcohol. <laughs> I don't drink when I go because I'm working. It's mostly I have little kids at home and i try to be home by five today's the exception fair. i was talking to you so i wanted to stay right. longer thank you for saying but yeah i appreciate it i think sure. the last thing i'll leave you with is um i think it's important to like follow your dreams whatever it is and uh wow, sometimes it's that, very cheesy but i like it but it really is like i i just was thinking about like it um i'm very fortunate to be able to f- to have found a job that i actually enjoy yeah because mm. i've had i've been working since i was like a kid i used to work at my dad's shop i used to we used to go to the swap meets um, I've worked at, you know, I was a sign spinner. I worked at a Chinese restaurant. Oh, Yo, you were a sign spinner? I was a sign spinner. Wow. Um, okay. I've, I've done, I was an Uber driver. I did DoorDash. I, everything. Everything under wow. the sun I've done. Um, and so I have a lot of experience in the working world, but this is the job that I've actually found to truly enjoy doing. For sure. And it all came from just taking a chance on myself, from saving some money and truly believing in myself and saying, I'll eat as much shit as I need to and give it a solid 18 months. And if I make any money, that's success. And I know that I can do that over and over again. So if I can leave you with anything or anybody on the anybody watching this, if they do, uh, is to follow your dreams and believe in yourself and give yourself a runway and plan it out. And um, you never know what may end up happening. Awesome, man. That was amazing. Also, we never shows. mentioned, you know, David. David's part of Finest City Team. <laughs> <laughs> At the end? Oh yeah. my God. Hey, you know. We do it backwards. We go yeah, right. Backwards. We, we, we can just backwards cut, podcast. Cut, cut that back to the front. Yeah. You know? But uh, they do a really great job out here. They've got mm-hmm. a good, solid team. Um, Andrew, his partner, is uh, phenomenal. 
at development and mm-hmm. acquisition and um, such a creative mind uh, when it comes to ADUs and all this other stuff. And they do classes, free classes, mm-hmm. pretty much every day on Zoom, right? Like, yeah. you got Monday, Monday's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Through Thursday, yeah. And then and Saturdays, Saturday. we do uh, Real Estate Cheat Codes. Not every Saturday, but like two times a month. Yeah, Real Estate Cheat Codes is pretty cool, too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, David. Thanks, man. Appreciate Maybe. you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. There we go.